Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can in turn inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Today, we're going to share a story about how sometimes we get stuck. And where do we look for inspiration when we do? Well, we'll talk about that, and then we're going to share a controversial idea. Can you be too positive? Well, I'm going to share something, and we're going to talk about it. And joining me for those stories and so much more is Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. Man, what about these new studios? You like it? Yeah. I'm excited. Me too. We've had a lot happen in the past week. You know, we... uh, with the, the merger with Upward, we have relocated our offices and, and got a new office space and a new podcast studio. We had a last weekend, we basically had two days to build this whole thing out. Now, if you're watching on camera, you can't see. You can see the brick wall, which you can tell we're in an old building by looking at that. But it's a really cool space. It's the old <clears throat> general store here in Cahutta, Georgia, your stomping grounds. That's and right. if you're part of Run Club and you you were here last year for the 5K, then you've been in this place. So we, we've taken part of this old store and converted it into our offices. But during the build-out, we had two days to get this thing built out. And during that th- build-out, I, I came home from vacation last weekend with a little friend, a little friend called COVID. And... Uh, so you and I both yep. have had COVID this week, and yep. uh, I tell you what, I went three and a half years and never got it. Wow. And went on vacation, and four of the ten of us on our vacation came home with COVID. So wow. It wow. was not fun. And you came home and shared it with friends, which is such a nice <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> I think you're the only one because you and I were in the truck together last yeah. week. I yeah. was feeling bad, but I didn't know the degree to which – I was headed Monday and Tuesday. Ah, man, it was, <laughs> it was. I was not fun to be around. But uh, God got me through it. Taught hey. me some lessons. Amen. My taste is completely different now. My smell is completely different now. Huh. And uh, I don't know. It's strange. Yeah. This coffee tastes completely different. Does it really? It does. I it's not had, bad. I didn't have a different. taste adjustment. Really? Although I did go through two days of not eating anything because I couldn't eat it all. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. But it had nothing to do with taste. So we're yeah. all good now, right? Yeah. So welcome to the new studio. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a great cool. Place. Got some new cool lights and uh, Upward is really, um, man, they just, everything's been great with this merger so far. Yeah. I'm really excited on what's on the horizon. Amen. Um, the planning and everything that's going into this. I think uh, the new year is going to be pretty incredible. Yeah, I think so. All right, so let's talk about this week's sponsor. It is Hank's Carpet and Flooring. Hank's Carpet and Flooring is your one-stop shop for all of your flooring needs. Hank stocks a huge selection of name-brand flooring, carpet, luxury vinyl plank, waterproof flooring, and the exclusive Lola Pate Area Rug Collection. Voted North Georgia's best of the best eight straight years and People's Choice winner for the past two Great flooring, great prices. Why shop anywhere else? Visit Hank's Carpet and Flooring, Giant Showroom, or hankscarpet.com for red hot deals. So, again, 
if you're one of our sponsors out there, we just can't do what we do without you. So yep. thank you. Thank you to Hanks and the whole team there. And uh, yeah. Good group there. Well, we had a Facebook post this past week from Michelle Palma Stover. She said, I did it. I did week three, day one of my half marathon training, three mile tempo run. I was dying in the heat, but thank God there was some breeze. I started work yesterday. I've been running on the treadmill, which is not my first choice. The best part of tonight was my one mile cool down walk. This is when I tear up because of my time with the Lord. At this time, darkness has come. I cried tears of joy and gratitude, and no one even noticed. I have so many things to thank him for. Tomorrow is our first day with our students. I ordered these cards, and they arrived today, just in time. I don't always say the right thing. I'll use these cards to affirm students' hard work or struggles instead of, uh, instead, um, sometimes what I can what I try to say does not come out that way. Please pray for teachers and students as this school year starts. God's faithfulness is evident even in the places he is not completely welcomed. What an amazing grace. Have a blessed night. Mm. I saw several posts this week, people just being thankful for being able to get their workouts in. And that's always good to see because sometimes we kind of take that for granted. Yeah. You know, that, that things that we do normally every day, that, that we, we do those things and we right. think, well, that's just normal. But um, it's good to be thankful for the just the, the daily things that we get done, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like the taste of coffee. Sometimes yeah. you take it for granted and <laughs> it completely changes. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I love Michelle's sentiment there. Um, it, this is always an exciting time of year for me. I. I I love where we live because of the seasons, but school starting back, you know, I just, we come past Cahutta Elementary coming in here. Yeah. And I just, I love the changes. Yes. A lot of people don't like change and I don't like day-to-day change, but I love the change and kids graduated last spring and new kids coming in this fall and just, I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things out there in nature just this time of year that's just it's a you good know, as we go into fall yeah change and I, I don't understand how there's people out there that that don't believe in god just by looking around well i tell you yeah it really is amazing um yeah and, and again being thankful for all of that is just critical to to just I think our relationship with Christ and she's here. She's being thankful for time on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. That's a, <laughs> I don't say you can be thankful for that. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that as yeah. much as I dislike treadmills. Yeah. I mean, there's some people that can't do it. Yeah. I remember, you know, a couple of years ago when I had the, I had the flu, it was worse than the COVID. Yeah. And, um, I had to run on the treadmill because I just couldn't. I had no, gosh, no energy at all. Yeah. This time, I, I went out and I did my mile a day, mm-hmm. and I did it out in the neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, where I could get out on the road and run because I just prefer that over the treadmill. But I've got the treadmill in case, just in case I need. And don't forget that you have that treadmill. Now, let, here, here's what I want to say about the treadmill because you probably hear <laughs> Mitchell and I talking the treadmill down quite a bit. And you've heard a lot of people, that a lot of, there's a reason why they call it the treadmill. But there's nothing wrong with the treadmill. So if you if you like the treadmill, 
don't feel guilty or bad or anything else about the treadmill. There was a time in my life when I thought if you didn't want to get outside because it was really hot outside, I kind of thought you were a wimp. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. Sometimes I think maybe those people are a little bit smarter than I am. Well, you know, Holly, my wife, she she much rather be on the treadmill. Yeah. You yeah. Know, she'll she'll go upstairs and get on the treadmill and I'll be headed out the door uh, for a walk or run. And yeah, it's just preference. Um, I've just spent there was a time in my life where I spent many hours on a treadmill and yeah. I just kind of got tired of it. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, every once in a while, I do like the treadmill. Yeah. You know, if it's storming outside then i'm thankful for that treadmill yep yep yeah just all preference absolutely the other thing she talks about here is school you know there's millions of kids going back to school right now and um i think it's a good idea to pray for kids Mm -hmm. at this time i'll tell you what right around the corner from here you know they've started a new school sure it's the kahuta arrows kingdom academy yeah and um Actually, one of the ladies that um, operates this very establishment that we're sitting in right now, mm-hmm. um, her sister is the one that really started that school. Mm. And Yeah, I saw the lady that started it. By the way, if you're watching this video and you see me like I'm looking everywhere, I have, um, I don't know, I guess they're 10 foot tall, 14 foot wide worth of windows right in front of me <laughs> right behind you is windows with cars driving by birds flying dogs running around i'm looking at an infinity driving by right now. and as add as i am i may get a little di- we have shades coming but they're not here yet yeah uh, but my point was i saw the lady drove by just a few minutes ago that started that school and yeah that's just that's an incredible thing that that they're doing they're really stepping out on faith and and it I is. That all works. Great. Well, me too. But right now, the Satan is attacking it really, well, really I'm hard. Sure. I'm there, sure. there are some. Uh, let's just say there's some agencies that are that are bearing down on them, and sure. um, is making it really, really tough right now. Because it doesn't so, fit into the mold of of what society says should be. That's right. And uh, I'm convinced that that's the reason for it. Sure. And so let's, uh, if you have some time, say an extra little extra prayer about Kahuta Arrows Kingdom Academy. Yeah. We would appreciate it. Um, and it's getting more difficult these days just to become, just to be a student or a teacher. Both of those jobs, it doesn't matter which one it is. Right. It's harder these days just because of the way things are going in our society. So pray for all of them. Right, we had a trivia question last week that uh, <laughs> went this way. Who is the heaviest person to ever run a sub four minute mile? Or who is the heaviest to run a sub five minute mile? And I'll tell you, I would have taken either answer, and it's a, uh, <laughs> I don't know if these are 100% right or not, but these are the best I could find in my research. There's a guy named Jack Fath from way back in 1968 who ran a 359 mile at 190 pounds. That is pretty impressive. He ran it what year? In 1968. Mm. Um, a lot of things happened back in well, most a lot of them in in the sixties and seventies that uh, we still haven't seen these days, uh, and this is one of them. So, Jack Fath, one hundred and ninety pounds, ran sub four minute mile, and then as far as I could find, the heaviest man to break a five minute mile was a guy. His name was Mike Ward, and he he was two hundred and ninety five pounds, six foot three. That's uh, that's impressive. I don't know which one of those you think is more that's, impressive. I think it's I think it's Mike Ward. You think? Yeah, I mean, three hundred pound. 
I mean, that is a linebacker. <laughs> yeah. That's a big, big 6-3. I mean, that's – Yeah. takes a lot to get that moving. Of course, I guess, you know, what is it they say? Once a body's in motion, it will remain <laughs> yeah. in motion. I guess you get the momentum going, and he's like a freight train. I'd yeah. hate to be in front of him. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, I think, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a hard it's a hard choice. But I like I, this is what makes me think the sub four minute mile is more impressive is because you have these decathletes who are pretty big guys. Some of them. And they're, you know, yeah, the, I don't the, know. Be, the world's be, one that big. the best. No, no, no. They're not that big. But yeah. but those guys do it routinely, sure. like a sub five minute mile for those. They're way under sub under five minutes. Right. So I think, you know, add another 40 pounds and that makes it tougher, obviously. But um, I don't know. They're both pretty, pretty impressive. Um, again, um, I, I don't know which one's more amazing, but this may be even more amazing. There was a guy named Christian Hesch. That weighed 190 pounds, also, and was six foot two, and he ran 13.58 for a 5K. That may be even more impressive. I'm not sure, but that's pretty. That's pretty fast. What What is like, say, uh, Chepta guy or Galen Rupp? What do those guys weigh? 130? Oh no, they don't weigh. Well, now. Uh, Ingebrigtsen may weigh that much. Okay. But Chepta guy probably doesn't weigh 120. Okay. Um, some wow. of those guys weigh less than 115 pounds. Wow. Uh, some of those guys are – because a lot of them are really short too. Yeah. Uh, now, there are, there have been a number of tall runners who, who have run – you know, they've been in the 160s um, who have run really fast. Mm. But, uh, you know, I, taught, I interviewed Alan Webb. Alan Webb, is he's about my size – uh, so I think he's a little lighter than me, but about my size. Uh, anyway, that, that's it's all pretty Im, pretty impressive. Um, and there's a definite link between weight and how fast you can go. Uh, but I think there's more range in that than people think, especially on the women's side. Yeah. Um, we've seen a number of people, ladies in particular, who run really, really well, who are, uh, you know, they've got more meat on their bones than, mm-hmm. than others. Uh, now there's this Mia Brahe Pedersen. I'm not even sure how you say her name. But that's that's what it looks like. That's, and she's a high school sprinter right now. Is this and, the one you, you yes, sent to me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you saw her. Yeah. She does not look like a. She doesn't look like a runner no. at all, let alone a, a sprinter. And she's fast. And she yeah, she's run 11.05, I think. Yeah. For for 100 meters. Yeah. I mean, that's smoking fast. Yeah. And uh, pretty impressive. And. Uh, and there's a lot of men sprinters in particular who are really big guys. Like you talk about the linebacker. They, they look – well, you know, remember old Herschel Walker back in the day. You know, Herschel Walker was a 100-meter runner and, and world-class. Yeah, it. I get it on the short stuff. Yeah. I, I get I get that because it's – a lot of that is, is muscle driving that train. Yeah. But yeah. when you get up into the mile and greater, it's, it's really hard not to muscle. Yeah. It's, it's speed. Yeah. You gotta, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's 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 the heavier guy is the one that really that that was pretty impressive. Pretty yeah. impressive. So, but now as far as like running and walking goes, you go to your local road race, and this is the one of the greatest things about running mm-hmm. is we're not talking about the elite level. We're talking about the everyone level. Man, runners come in all There's shapes no and sizes. There's no stereotype when it comes to, and I don't say 
average runner lightly. I mean, yeah, I'm an average runner. Um, but there, there, you're right. There is no stereotype. You can't. Very few times can you point at a person and say they're a runner. Are they not a runner? Some some people you can point at and say they got to be a runner. Yeah, you know, somebody can point at you and say he's got to be a runner. I get that. But there's a ton of people who. You just, like the young lady, the high school girl you talked about. Yeah. I would have never pointed at her and said she's a sprinter, but nope. she's a world-class sprinter. So yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that is what other cool. sports can you say that about? Yeah. Not many. Not many. You're right. You're right. And you know what makes that even better is that not only when you go to your local road race, not only do you have people all shapes and sizes, mm-hmm. but you also have them in all different stages of faith as well. And sure. it gives us a great... Uh, field to mine mm-hmm. for souls. Yeah, for sure. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. Right, we're back and as always we talk about this every week that uh, we have a Thursday Night Live if you're not part of Run Club then you don't get access to that Thursday Night Live and um, it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. this past Thursday wasn't as much fun because uh, I was still sick and I, I you know I didn't I never went back and watched it but it, it couldn't have been good it just couldn't have been good I thought it was pretty good yeah I mean it had some technology glitches we've also got new computers that yeah. we're dealing with so yeah lots of cool changes but yeah you know they they rear their ugly heads sometimes with problems so. absolutely but good. I'll tell you what we always do we always do the best we can and uh we're that's gonna, for sure well the, the heart behind it is always good yep Hey, this is cool. This is uh, this is from Runner's World. This is um, in December 2022, 92-year-old Mathea Allen Smith crossed the Honolulu Marathon finish line in 11-19-49, becoming the oldest woman to have ever completed a 26.2-mile race. She surpassed the former record holder, Harriet Thompson, by over three months. She runs six days a week, 36 miles per week, unless training for a marathon. Isn't that cool? Wow. She's a retired doctor from Hawaii. Uh, She started running when she was 46 in 1977. (laughs) She was 46 in 1977. Oh, my goodness. And she has this quote, I see the direct connection between moving and health. Uh, I like that. And she says, I still hope to be running at 93, which is where she is now. So unless unless God has another plan for me. So uh, sounds like she's got, got got some faith as well. So pretty cool story. She's definitely got a great place to run. Yes, she does. Oh, of course, it get a little steamy there. Man, what about the Maui wildfires? Golly bum. Have you seen that? Yeah. 
that's, that's the uh, saddest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. All the circumstances that had to come into play all at the same time. Yeah. You know, the dryness, the fires, and then the, Wind. the winds all at the same time. Actually, there was a hurricane passing yeah. just south of there, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It is. So pray for them. Well, how about another story from Rhonda Williams? This one is called When the Well Runs Dry. I'm a writer, or at least trying to become one, but lately I have been in a serious dry spell. I keep waiting for inspiration, but none comes. Has the spring that feeds my well dried up? Will it ever flow again? What can I do? It's been a real struggle. During a discussion with my Run for God group in the importance of building and maintaining a good base for running, it dawned on me that although I've been carefully nurturing my running base, I have been neglecting my base for writing. All those easy, slow runs, junk miles they call them, provide the foundation for good performance and enjoyable runs. You will not be able to run fast or far without them, and in fact, will set yourself up for an injury, so it's important to incorporate slow, easy miles into your plan along with the speed and hill work. Each activity has a different function, and together they create a successful running program. Building a solid foundation isn't something you do just once either. You work at it every week, even during the off-season. I realized that the well of inspiration ran dry because I stopped reading. A successful professional writer gave me a good piece of advice a few years ago. He said that to be a good writer, you have to be a good reader. Read often and read everything, he said. Books, magazine articles, fiction, nonfiction, Christian, secular, read it all and you will learn. I had begun to feel that I was being self-indulgent when I spent more than a few minutes reading, and I had to remind myself that reading is an essential part of writing. It's not a luxury. It's part of my job, just like those easy, slow runs. So I started reading everything I could get my hands on, and it didn't take long for inspiration to strike. Has your spiritual well run dry? Not getting the guidance or answers from your God, from God you've been seek, asking for? Ask yourself if you've been neglecting your base. Just as slow, easy runs build a base for successful running and reading creates fertile ground for writing, time with God builds a good spiritual foundation. And just like running and writing, we need to nurture that foundation every day, not just on Sunday. Maybe you have read the Bible from cover to cover and no longer feel the need to read it weekly, much less daily. What would happen if you stopped running the slow, easy miles and only did speed work? You might end up on the, on the couch nursing a pulled hamstring and a very sore butt from overworked glute muscles. So, if you're feeling like you're in a dry spell spiritually, you may want to take the advice that writer gave to me. Read often and read everything. Read a chapter or just a few verses and then read the notes in your study Bible so you'll have a better understanding of the passage. Don't have a study Bible? There are plenty of free commentaries online. Desire God's pure word as newborn babies desire milk. Then you will grow in your salvation. That's 1 Peter 2.2. 2. Also, read devotions. Running in faith is a pretty good one. The Run for God podcast is another great source of inspiration. Participate in group Bible studies so you can hear different perspectives. 1 Corinthians 14.26 tells us, 
What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Attend services on Sunday and listen to the words of the songs and hymns in addition to the sermon. You may find that the wellspring of health and inspiration will soon start flowing again. Rhonda never has a loss for words. No. She, uh, well, she says that she did. Well, I, but Obviously, she didn't. <laughs> How many stories, I wonder, has is, is Rhonda written? I don't she's, know. She's got to be one of the top. She's written a lot of stories. For sure. Which is, which is good inspiration for others out there who have a story. That is true. You need to submit it. That um, is true. Because we, we need stories here. That is right. We love telling people stories, and, and Rhonda's is no different. She's just She hits it on the head. Yeah. Um, when you stop doing something, you lose it. Yeah. yeah. And that's really that simple. We don't like to hear that sometimes. Um, you know, the, over the past, I was on vacation for a week. Not that that's an excuse. I was, you know, had the, we did this build out, sickness, and, and I got away from some things that I do on a consistent basis. And you feel the hole. Yeah. I thank God that I feel the hole. Yeah. Um, but she's right. Yeah. This is this is where routine is a very good thing. Well, and as runners, we understand it as well as anybody yeah. that the base is incredibly important, right? Yeah. Because we, we we've both been through it, right? Where you you've tried to do things without a base, yeah, and sometimes that works, and sometimes it doesn't. But uh, sometimes, uh, most of the time, it doesn't work. Now, I'll say this: from a running standpoint, you're better off with nothing but base. Mm-hmm. And no speed work than you are sure. a bunch of speed work and no base. I think probably the best um, analogy for for what we're talking about here is swimming. You know, swimmers they they swim, uh, especially an elite level swimmer. They swim every single day. You can't really do that with running like swimmers can. I mean, swimmers yep. can do a workout every day. Yep, it doesn't really bother them. But they talk about it. What they how they describe it is they don't want to lose the feel of the water. Yeah. And I understand that, but it's it really goes to our spiritual life as well. Yeah. You start you start to lose the feel of God, not because he's moving away, it's because we're moving away from him and uh, yeah, I don't know, this is just a great story to remind for those reminders that you know, even there's going to be days where we don't feel like yeah, talking to God. Yeah. There's going to be days where we don't feel like opening up the Bible, but we don't want to lose that feel. And sometimes you got to force it. You talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not something popular you hear said. Yeah. Sometimes you got to force it. Yeah. And that's okay. Well, there's times where uh, think about a relationship with your spouse. Right. You know, my relationship with Debbie. There's times where, you know, I'm just maybe I'm irritable and maybe yeah. something's bothering me and I just don't really want to talk to anybody. Right. But I'm not going to be rude and ugly and tell my wife I don't want to talk to you because I don't feel like it right sure. now. You know, yeah. if she's got something that we need to talk about, then we need to talk about it <laughs> and I need to be nice about it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and I am. But it's. Um, that's just the way it is. Sure. That's just the way it is. You, can, you, you can't maintain. If I just decided just to ignore my wife for weeks at a time and not talk to her at all, uh, the relationship wouldn't be very strong. Well, I mean, let's go back to what I just said. You know, yeah. And I said it wasn't an excuse, but I was on vacation for a week. And um, think about if, if I just didn't talk to my wife the whole time we were on vacation. I'm like, well, I'm on vacation. Well, that sounds really ridiculous, doesn't it? Duh. Well. Not talking to God every single day. Well, I was on vacation. How ridiculous is that? 
Yeah. I mean, it really is. It is. Yeah. Here's a scripture passage from 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You know, the key to these first these verses, I think, is in the first few words. The scripture is God breathed. Um, and, you know, that's what the, the Greek word that's used here. Now, there's some I can't remember what what some, some translations don't say God breathed. They say um, inspired instead of God breathed. But God breathed is actually a more accurate mm-hmm. term for the Greek word that's actually used here. Um, it is it means breathed by God uh, and, and is as great a man as Paul was, um, if not for God literally putting words in his mouth, um, these these words wouldn't have done what they've done mm-hmm. over these years. Um, it, I mean, technically it was his pen writing it, but it was God flowing through him that, that wrote these words. Um, there's a, a lot of occasions where the Bible says, God says, um, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's, it's and, and there are those times where God audibly spoke especially in the Old Testament. But um, the truth is, is the whole Bible is God speaking. It's not necessarily God audibly speaking, but it's him speaking through other people. That's so important in the Bible. And I think we lose sight of that because I think when we talk about spending time with God and being in the Bible, we think, well, we're learning about God. No, no, no. Mm. We're communicating with God when we read the Bible. Yeah. and, and, And we lose sight of all Scripture. Is God breathe? So many times we we, you know, if it if I were just always wanting to feel good and good about myself, I would just read through the Gospels over and over and over. But so many times we get we get caught in we want to read the things that make us feel good. But think about what Second Timothy says here: training in righteousness. That's the feel good. You know, that's the okay. I'm learning something here. But the first three words in that passage are teaching, rebuking, and correcting. Yeah. So many times we don't want to go to those passages mm. that step on our toes, but we must. We must read those books that, mm, you know, that's get those books get a little close, or that makes me feel uncomfortable. Revelation, for instance, you know, that's not a book that we just run to, go to. Job, yeah, Job, Jeremiah. I mean, all yeah. especially all those Old Testament books where yeah. it's like it feels like God is saying the same thing over and over and over. And guess what? He, he is. is. And it's because we need to learn that. that The teaching, rebuking, and correcting, that's the majority of the Bible. Mm. Um, the training in righteousness, yes, that's the fun part, but we got to get rid of the bad part before we can get to the training in righteousness. And, that, and that's the point. Yeah. But all Scripture is God-breathed. We need to read it all and not just cherry pick, as they say. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think about, uh, you know, I look at the book, Lore of Running, by Dr. Tim Notes. And why why do I like that book so much? Well, it's because it's written by Dr. Tim Noakes, mm-hmm. who understands running as far as I'm concerned, as well as anybody who ever lived. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I like to read the stuff that Dr. Tim Noakes writes. Uh, that's you can't get a better source for what what we need to know about almost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly the way we live our lives than you can from the very source that started life to begin with. Sure. And that's what the Bible is. Matthew eighteen twenty. 
For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Mm. I always love this passage. Um, of course, it says where two or more are gathered. Does that mean that he's not present when there's one person? No. <laughs> no, but, but the, the point here is he's talking about, he's dealing with the, the church. Um, when somebody's, and they're specifically talking about when somebody's done something wrong in the church and how, how do they decide how to deal with that thing and the, that, that two people get together and, and they, but the, the idea is that when you're carrying out God's business, and in this case, they're talking about, you know, specific, a specific business, but any business that, that we carry out with God, the idea is that when there's more than one of us that put our heads together and, and think in the terms of the way that we, we, we spend time in scripture and we spend time in prayer, we think about what we're talking about and what we're, what we're saying, and we make sure that we're following God's plan together, we can't go wrong. Mm-mm. That's basically what this is saying, right? John four fourteen, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. What a great picture! And of course, this is the story of the the woman at the well. Um, think about that phrase: "Will never be thirsty." Mm-hmm. What is the most basic feeling you have just the most basic raw feeling you have if things if you're not your needs are not being provided for thirst thirst breathing and thirst right i mean that's it and (laughs) it's the most basic of human needs and what jesus is saying is he is the most basic need that we have Mm -hmm. is to have a relationship with jesus christ He's the foundation that mm-hmm. Rhonda's talking about here, right? Uh, <clears throat> just like I was saying that you, you can run pretty well if you all you did was base miles. You know, you could you could do that. Well, if all you do is have a relationship with Christ and nothing else, you're, you're going to turn out pretty good. Well, and, and it's it's it's. I heard a a lady that was an instructor years ago. I'll never forget her talk on this her name was heather lyles she was a girl here in dalton i don't know if you remember heather um but she talked about uh at one of our run for god classes one night she talked about how new christians um and even young christians and i put myself in that category even though i've been saved for decades now i still there's so much more to learn but she talks about how many times new christian because she worked at a church and many times new christians They'll get saved and they'll go out and they'll buy um, Henry Blackaby's Experiencing God. Yeah. And they'll just dive into it. And there's so much that they don't know that that just confuses them. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of burns them out because things are just kind of over their head. Yeah. And what she was saying is it's kind of like the the scripture that says um look at god's word is is milk and that's what we need not only as new believers but that's that's the base yeah of which we need if we're just always in experiencing god which is a, an incredible study but if we're always in something of that depth that's kind of like doing a workout every day 
Yeah. We need to get back to the simplicity of the scriptures. That needs to be our base in experiencing God or a Beth Moore study or even a Run for God study. That needs to be something that enhances, not the norm. Because you, just like you can't, you can't go through a training regimen with doing workouts every single day. You can't go through your walk with Christ just trying to trying to do studies like experiencing God and, and all these great studies. You need to get back to the simplicity of the Word. Mm. And commentary is great. But your day in, day out go to should be the Bible. Yes. Period. Yes. Um, but we get caught. I get caught in those traps of ah, I'm gonna do because this is gonna make me a super Christian. You know, it's like it's like our athletes in the past who they hang everything on that workout. Yeah. No, the the success is the day in and day out getting up and doing the work. Yeah. Those should enhance, and those will enhance so long as you have the base there. Yeah, and they do enhance it. You know, I have sure, noticed. Yeah. I, you know, what's this is interesting. I hadn't really put these two together until just now, but we're doing. I'm doing the the reading the Bible mm-hmm. through in a year, and I'm doing it audibly, and so it's it, it's a lot different it's than a lot just, different. just reading it yourself, right? Yeah. And it's been fantastic. I have so so enjoyed it. Um, but you know, we've spent. Well, we're 178 episodes in. We have three scriptures every week that we talk about specifically, at least three. And so we're talking about at least 500 different scriptures, probably, that we've talked about here on this podcast. And I have noticed that when I open my Bible and I look at these particular scriptures, they look different to me now. Sure. Especially when they're connected with the portion of the Bible that I, have, I happen to be have just read or yeah. I'm about to read yeah. or I'm reading that. It, it just makes the whole thing different. And it comes alive so much more when, when you're in there every day and you're just trying to, to learn more and just trying to soak it in. Uh, then when you get to those opportunities where you can real you really want to dig into it, mm-hmm. it is so much more rewarding. Well, and it's so neat how you... You start to connect the dots. Yeah. I mean, I still connect. After all these years of, of reading through Scripture, I'm amazed at how many times I still connect the dots. You <laughs> yeah. know, especially as, as a church, we're going through the Old Testament. We just finished up with Jeremiah, which is, man, that is a that is a, that is a journey going through Jeremiah. But you start to connect the dots of the prophecies of the Old Testament and the fulfillment in the New Testament. And it's, but you don't get that just by doing studies that a lot of times that comes organically and and God will that's why it's so amazing that we talk about on here we can read the same verse of scripture two different days and it says two different completely completely different things and it's because it's living you know they call it the living word and that sounds you know like a, a something you just say but it's true what other book can you read and it take on a completely different meaning the next day and that's that is scripture it's Bible studies don't do that, which, like I said, I'm not cast throwing off on Bible studies, but that does not need to be your foundation. Your yeah. foundation needs to be day in and day out, talking to God and in His Word. And here's what's cool about the foundation that you're building when you're doing all of this, <clears throat> is that you build that foundation, it's like running. When Whenever I'm in good shape, it makes those days where I want to go to the track and run hard, it makes them fun Mm -hmm. it makes them they hurt 
but it's enjoyable, you know, right. even to push myself as hard as I can go. That does not feel good when you don't have that base. Right. <laughs> you know, it yeah. hurts and you dread it, but the better you have that base, the more you like those things. Well, it works that way with scripture too, sure. right? The more base that we have, then the more we enjoy digging into mm -hmm. the scriptures as well. Sure. Yeah. Here's a question. Are you faithfully executing those easy, slow runs? Have you ever neglected those runs and suffered the consequences? That's the funny thing about this question. You wonder, is she talking about our time with God or is she talking about running? <laughs> yeah, she doesn't really. It says runs, but yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, it can go both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm one of those who I may cheat on the side of doing too much slow, easy runs. Sure. You know, I'm a... I'm a well, you know that that time where we we got everybody together, and I went to try to run that sub five minute mile. Forty years after I'd run my first sub five minute mile, um, I had been doing no, I hadn't done a lick of speed work in months mm -hmm. before that day. I ran really well that day, mm -hmm. and uh, it was all just that's all base stuff. Sure, and so you can do so much with it, yeah. so much. Um, I don't ever neglect the easy miles. But I was talking with an athlete recently who she was telling me that she's got a new coach and her new coach has her doing hard workouts on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? And of course, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't ever want to talk down another coach. And I certainly don't want to encourage an athlete to go against what their coach mm -hmm. has them doing ever. And so. I was, I was trying to find the silver lining in all of it. And I was saying, well, are those workouts a little bit shorter? Because if they're shorter, then I can see where that could be beneficial. Because, you know, you're going to have meets where you have multiple days in those meets and you run hard more than one day in a row. And so and I'm trying to dig for anything I could find. But in the end, I'm no, I, I, I really know that it's not going to work long term. And that if this is something they're doing for short term, then it may be fine. They may they may weather it, and it may make them stronger in in the long run. But otherwise, the body can't handle you just hammering it all the time without it being ready for it, and that re requires some recovery. I, I, I'm just reminded, and I was trying to think about it when we first got on this topic, but. Um, you know, I listened to Dave Ramsey quite a bit, and one of his personalities, one of his personalities that's on his show quite a bit is a guy by the name of Dr. John Deloney. Um, he's one of the Ramsey personalities, but he's a clinical psychologist, you know, all the degrees and everything. But he said something that really made sense one time, and he was talking about it in the context of our relationship with our family. But I see this as our relationship with, with Christ. And it goes along exactly with what we're talking about. But he said that so many times we we try to base our relationship on events. And we need to base our relationship on the mundane. But we want to, you know, in in the in the age of social media and snapshots and we we put all of our emphasis on, say, a vacation. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna have the best vacation ever and you know our family's gonna kill it and we're gonna have so much fun and we're gonna take all the pictures and selfies and we're gonna post it on all those social media. But that's not what makes a good family. Yeah. What makes a good family is what happens at home on a Tuesday afternoon. So true. Because he he, he used he spit out some numbers, but those the vacations, those events in our life make up like two percent of our time. 
But what are you doing with the 98% yeah. of your time with your family? That's what makes a good family. That's what makes a good relationship. And so many times we get that nugget on Sunday morning at church and we get inspired and that's our event for the week. And we, you know, we, we post that message on social media, great sermon, brother, whatever, and so inspired. But that's 2% of our week. Yeah. That's, that is not a relationship yeah. with Christ. That Bible study you're doing is not a relationship with Christ. Mm. Now, that's probably going to stomp on some toes there. But a relationship is Christ with Christ is, what are you doing on a typical Tuesday morning or yeah. Tuesday afternoon or whatever time that you want to set aside for your time with Christ? Are you doing it? Are, are you doing like Rhonda says here? Are, that is those base miles. Those are the most important. Your base miles with your family are the most important. Your base miles in running are your most important. And your base mileage with your walk with Christ is the most important time. Are you putting that in? And I listen, I'm not pointing the finger. I'm as guilty as anybody here. And I'm, I'm, probably, as much, I'm probably as convicted as I have been in a while by saying this. Are you doing those selfie moments? Or are you going in your closet, closing the door, nobody can see you and you see you yeah. and spending time with Christ? Yeah. I don't know. That just John it's, Deloney's analogy there is dead on. It really is. And I, I, I can't help but take it a little one step further and think that if if you're doing a good job in the 98% of the time, it makes that 2% of the time, that vacation, even better. Even better. Yeah. yeah. When you can share that with somebody that you care about because you've invested in them. But if things aren't right in the 98% of the time, yep. it don't matter how Photoshop those selfies you do. <laughs> chances are. Yeah. And if, if I'm looking, I'm peering into some of my vacations in the past when I may not have been walking like I should. They're not as fun. No. They're not. They're you not. can kid yourself all day long and take all the pictures you want. But if, if you're not doing the 98%, the 2% is never going to be as great as you want it to be. And it's be. funny because, you, you know, you mentioned that the idea of the big sermon on Sunday. Well, that big sermon on Sunday is even more impactful. Sure. When, when you're really rooted in and tuned in with God, it's even more impactful then than it is when it just comes out of nowhere. Now, the, the, the euphoric feeling that you have may be even greater when it does come out of nowhere. But the real connection to that message happens when you're already connected to God in that moment. That's where the meaning comes from, I think. It's kind of like we used to always warn the, the kids when they were little on the triathlon team. Because I used to combat this so much when they were little. You know, they would show up to a race. And, you know, early on, I used to joke and say, I'm going to pull all the stickers off these nice bikes. And I'm going to put Huffy. Yeah, on the back because I I never wanted them to get caught up in the the glitz and the glamour because what we would combat is we would show up to these races and there would be kids rolling in. I mean, Lane's first national finals that he ever went to, he went on a mountain bike. Yeah, but you had these kids rolling in on ten thousand dollar bikes at six and seven years old. And it, it was so easy for our kids to look at that and say, oh, that must mean they're fast. It yeah. doesn't. 
what makes them fast is what happens the 364 days other than race day. That's right. And it's the same way with our, gosh, we can go on and on about yeah. these analogies. We can, <laughs> yeah. but it is. It's what what are you doing in the 90, 95%? Don't, don't base your walk with Christ on that 2% or whatever number we're, we're applying to it. Don't, uh, don't apply that to determine your walk with Christ. Amen. Another question. When do you read your Bible or devotion? Are you reading for understanding or just to check off a box? Do you read notes or commentaries on the passages to help you better understand? I think the answer to that first question is sometimes it is to check off a box. Yep. You know, you talk about this a lot. I do. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to force it. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Just like sometimes you have to force yourself to get out the door to go on that run. But there's value in doing something hard that you really don't want to do There's because it's going to make all the other times easier. That, that's a fact. <clears throat> and, but our, and the question is, is those days where you're just checking off something off a list, is it still beneficial? I mean, I, I think about a, a run where I, I do this a lot, right? There's a, there's a lot of times where I'll run with somebody who's a lot slower than me and I'll run at their pace. And that's not ideal for me, right? To, to, for my fitness level. Thanks, Dean. I know you're talking but, about me. <laughs> but, but is it, is it still beneficial to me? A hundred percent it is. Sure. Um, because I'm still getting in some work. I'm still elevating my heart rate and I, I, I am, it, it's not the best work I'm going to do, but it's beneficial to me. And that time when you read through those two chapters, in you know in in the book of I don't know well, Jeremiah yeah <laughs> um, though though that time and just hearing those words and internalizing them even if they don't really kind of what we might call stick you still got them in there there's and no such still, thing as junk miles yeah that, yeah well that's what we've always said right. Question three, do you drag yourself to church on Sunday, sliding into the pew just as the music begins with your mind on brunch, or do you go with a joyful, expectant heart, excited to learn, worship, and be inspired? You know, I'm kind of quirky here. Not quirky. It's part of my my nature, but I, I like to get to church. My, my family, they just roll their eyes. You know, our, I like to get there like 20, 25 minutes early. Yeah. Because, number one, I don't, on Sunday mornings, it is so easy. I mean, the devil can just trash your Sunday mornings if you let your schedule get too tight. I'm convinced. For me, yeah, he can. There's, there's tons of funny videos out there about that subject. So I, <laughs> I know other people struggle with it. But something about getting there 20, 25, 30 minutes early, because I love the time... We, we all stand in the gym. There's coffee in there. Just getting to talk to people because your church family is your family. Yeah. And if we just fly in as the music's starting, you never get to form those relationships. It's true. And, um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm usually not the one sliding in last minute. I'm not usually sliding into anything. No, you're <laughs> last not. Last minute. You're not. But I think there's value in... 
and going early and just kind of getting your mind in a attitude of worship yeah. and just getting to because you you hear things that you wouldn't hear otherwise. You hear about the person that's struggling with something, or somebody comes up to you saying, "Hey, can you pray about this?" Yeah. I think there's as much there's as much value for me in that time as there is in the service. Yep, really for sure. Well, you know, for me, I am very often the person who's actually turning the alarm off when I get to the church because I'm the first one in the door. Yeah. And so I, I get there early, but here's the danger of getting there early because the reason I get there early is to get things set up for the service and and then I teach my Sunday school class. And I, I'm so busy doing things mm. that I don't take the time sometimes to do the, the things you're talking about. And we have to be careful that we're ready for worship and we're not just busy doing things at church mm-hmm. getting you know just just to be there when when worship happens sure and uh, i'm definitely guilty of that i'm guilty of just throwing things together last second um for my sunday school class instead of giving it prayerful thought beforehand and that's uh, we got to be careful not to do that at the same time we should do that mm-hmm. if that's what we have, right? So I, I, the worst thing to do would be to say, well, if I'm not going to do it right, don't do it at all, uh, and then just not go to church, right? That would be bad too. Sure. So, I mean, the, the best case scenario is you're always prepared every time for everything you're doing 100%. The next best thing is to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so um, – Yes, try try to be better at being prepared, but if you're not prepared, follow through anyway. Would you like to experience the Bible in a different way than you've ever done before? Well, you can join me, Coach Dean, as I read through the entire Bible every day for a full year. You don't want to miss hearing this transplanted Southern boy try to pronounce those biblical names now, do you? It may be good for a laugh. In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run Club to get access. So if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a Walk Through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge tab all right so we're back and i wanted to uh to do kind of a um endorsement of a movie holly and i went and saw that sound of freedom did you have you seen it yet i have not it's it's very heavy, yeah. But it's something everybody should see. Yeah. It was um. It opened my eyes to a world that I knew was there. You know, you hear about it. It's not something we all like to talk about. Yeah. It's, we're not going to park on it for any length of time this morning. But all I say is everybody needs to go watch that. Um, because there's there's evil out there that we don't even know exists, and um, it's just it's something that that we need to commit to pray for. Um, so, um, Amen. so yeah, yeah. All I say is, is go watch, go watch, go watch that and, and support, support angel studios. I mean, well, this that's is, true. Yeah. It, he, 
the guy, the main character, he did a kind of a message at the end of the movie where he came back on and he said, you would not, this movie was actually supposed to release over a year ago. And they had roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And it was all the movie industry. Yeah. Uh, and if you look, I mean, it was the number one movie. It may still be the number one movie. I don't know. But even if you go to like the movie apps, it's like down at the bottom. Yeah. When suggested movies, it's like the industry does. It. And I don't know why, because I would think that this message is a universal message, believer, non-believer. But I think it's because it's Angel Studios producing it is the rub. Yeah. And they're kind of doing things unconventional nowadays with The Chosen and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's an incredible incredible movie eye-opening but it's it's not something you're going to leave feeling great yeah but it's it's i think it's necessary that that you see it so go go watch it yeah for sure all right i saw this from uh from this girl ken i think it's a british group that tries to encourage women to exercise and this was a survey the survey of more than 1,000 women nearly half 45 percent told us that they're worried about showing their body while being active in the summer. And then again, almost half, 48%, are worried they felt too unfit, while two in five, 40%, are worried about being good enough. And a third, 33%, concerned about getting sweaty. This is a real issue, particularly with women. A lot of times is feeling comfortable about getting out there and doing things. Um, and this is where I feel like the news has led people down a dark path. Um, I don't think most people care one whit about what people look like when they're working out. <laughs> I get that that uh, and women in particular and the, the pressures on women to look a certain way or whatever. I, I, I understand that thought process but when people are working out i just don't think that's there i don't think anybody cares what you're wearing i don't think you know i just don't think people care and i think about the times where i'm at the track and i see somebody that's walking and they're you know they're 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 obese and but they're out there on that track and they're walking I try to always make it a point to go over and talk to that person and encourage them. Yeah, I think that's the big lie. Is it that, is. Is that that lady thinks, oh, they're looking at me and they're seeing how big I am or whatever. No, that's, at least for you and I, I know that's not the case. We're looking at them and the poem that you read or whatever it is. Um, hey, fat lady. Yeah. Hey, fat girl. Yeah. That That's, that's so true because that is what I think. Yeah. And I think about it. Big guys, and, and it's really not just women. When I see somebody out doing something that I can visually tell it's outside their comfort zone, I think it's incredible. I do, too. And we need to get rid of that lie, that narrative that everybody's thinking you shouldn't be out there because that's not the case at all. Right. And there, there might be one or two. You know, a good example, you know. I, well, they've got their own problems. They do. They do. <laughs> if you, That's on them. That is not about you. Yeah. You know, I, the the shorts that I wear uh, the, every day, they're mm -hmm. the short tights, I like them. They're not popular mm -hmm. around here. They're popular in some areas of the country, but not here. I don't care. Yeah. I don't. And But I had somebody tell me the other day, said, why do you wear those? You know, like I, this person was talking with somebody else and, and that somebody else had brought up and was kind of making fun of me. 
you know what? I still don't care. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, but it's one of those things where that one comment to the wrong person yeah. might, might completely derail Destroy somebody. Yeah. And don't let that happen. Don't ever, ever, ever let that happen. Yeah, I'm to the point in my my life, and and my wife will tell you this that I don't care, you yeah. know, and I've really never cared. But I'm to the point in my life now where if if I was wearing black long socks earlier in the day and I go out for a run, guess what? I'm still wearing during the run black long socks. <laughs> yeah. I'm that guy now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the grandpa now, but Why I don't not? care. You know, it's it it's. Yeah, we get too caught up in what others think so many times, and and we sh- now to a degree you should be concerned about what other people, but not to the detriment of your self esteem or something like that. Exactly. All right, it's a time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, do you think we can be too positive? <laughs> well, the title of this next story tells you what I think. It's called Toxic Positivity. We all know that life is better when we view it through a lens of positivity. We would all rather be around someone who has something positive to say rather than someone who is always negative. In general, positive people are happier than negative people. Running or walking is easier if you have a positive attitude about it. Of course, that goes for any endeavor. For some people, positive thinking is very difficult. It takes all the energy they can muster to think positively about something so hard to do. Some in that camp would call themselves realists. They would argue that they're just looking the facts in the face and calling it like they see it. And you know what? They're right to some degree. I know the following statement is going to come as a surprise to many people, but you can be too positive. Let's call it toxic positivity. So what do I mean? Let's use the example of an injury. It is good that a positive person would be able to push through circumstances that most people would not. But in the case of an injury, more caution is advised. If you always shrug off every minor injury, sooner or later one of them is going to be major. And if you push too hard through that one, you may find yourself in a worse spot than you would have if you had been a little less optimistic. Another case where we see toxic positivity is when we need to change something, but we don't see it because, well, everything's fine. When you never shine a critical light on what you're doing, you miss opportunities for improvement. Being positive is great, but if we get to a point where we never see negativity, it can be a problem. Now, I'm not saying we should be more negative. We should always be positive. I guess the moral of the story is that we should be cautiously optimistic. We should always have a positive attitude, but with a slight skepticism about the things going on around us. Just be careful. Make sure you can see the line between being positive and being so positive you're blindsided by something you should have seen coming. We have to ensure that we are always seeing the truth, and sometimes the truth is negative. How do I know? Well, I'm dealing with an injury right now. It has been a nagging injury for several years, so when it began to flare up again, I tried something new. It didn't work. In hindsight, I should have known that it wouldn't work, but I figured if it didn't go well, I could just back off and everything would be okay. I was far too positive about the reality of the possible outcomes. Now, I'm having to back way off, and I don't like it. 
But a little bit of healthy skepticism and less toxic positivity may have avoided the situation. I'm taking it seriously now because I have to. Truth is so important. We like to support people, and we need to do all we can to help those in need, but we also have to face the truth. Our friends who do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ will be forever separated from God if they do not form that relationship before the end of their life, and we don't know when that will be. It may be toxic positivity that allows us to not take the responsibility to share Christ with them more seriously. It is incumbent upon us to share the negative side of being eternally separated from God with all the people we know. We can take everything too far, even positivity. Don't let blind optimism get in the way of seeing the truth, whether it is in dealing with running or walking injury or the salvation of a close friend or relative. Truth is important. It's time we looked it straight in the eye. Mm. You agree with that? I do. Yeah. You know, it just, <clears throat> what kept jumping in my mind is when you were saying that is this is where toxic positivity can have eternal consequences. There's how many people are out there saying, I'm just a really good person. Yeah. It's that's, true. That's a positive statement, mm-hmm. but it's eternally toxic. Um, yeah. I'm, I think I'm, a, it's funny you say, you use the term realist up there in a kind of a negative way, but I, that's what I've always kind of called myself. I'm, I'm, I'm not a pessimist at all. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm a glass half full guy, but I also, I tend to call things like they are, you know, I'm probably too blunt in that way sometimes, but I think we need that. You know, I think, I, do too. I think our kids nowadays, you, there's this movement out there that your kids are always great. No, they're not. <laughs> and they need to be told that sometimes. Yeah. What you did is wrong. Yeah. And, but, and I get it encouraging being positive and, and all that kind of stuff. But we have, we have to come back to reality at times. And sometimes reality is not positive. Yep. Going to hell is not a positive thing. And, nope. and we don't need to have that kind of positivity of being a good person is okay because it's not. Yeah. And, and sometimes that has to be said, not just thought. It has to be said. Yeah. Because the person you're talking to, in all likelihood, doesn't know. Yeah. They're ignorant. And I, I don't mean that in the bad sense of the word ignorant. It's just they don't know. And sometimes, you know, I've always said, to my pastor, the best messages are when you step on my toes. Yep. That's not a positive message usually. It's a <laughs> it's a negative message, but it's a ne- message I needed to hear. Yep. So yep. good good word, Dean. Well, and I think we're losing truth in our world today because we're well, you know, there's a particular preacher that comes to mind who is he's always positive every time. He always preaches and it's always positive. And there that's good. We need positive sermons, right? But if we never get to the truth side, the the, mm-hmm. the negative side, the consequences side, sure. then we're 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 gonna we're gonna we're gonna pay for it. I think about recently we had our VBS, and uh, when we had our VBS, we were very intentional. I remember the pastor talking about beforehand. You know, we had some salvations last year. And we're really focused on making sure these kids get the gospel so they have an opportunity to respond to the gospel. And it was a very 
we wanted to make sure those kids had that time. It was very intentional. Well, we have to intentionally seek the truth. And then, you know, what happened at VBS was we had some salvations and it was incredible. And, but that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't have gone in there intentionally trying to find kids who weren't, didn't have a relationship and trying to talk them into, in, into a, a direction and, and un, letting them understand who God really is. And that's the way it is with our friends too. You know, if we're not thinking about beforehand our non-saved friends, if we're not thinking about beforehand, how am I going to share with them the truth? It's not going to get shared mm-hmm. because we're not just going to, I mean, we might do it just kind of organically, but it's probably not going to come out as well if we don't think about it and pray over it and take time to develop the way that we're going to share that, right? Sure. Um, I, I, you know, this whole this whole injury that I've got right now. I, I, t- I tell you what I did. So I've had this problem in my glute. My it's it's. I think it's the very top of my hamstring. So it feels like it's in my glute, but it's actually my hamstring. And it started. It actually started in two thousand and fifteen. I think it was and. Uh, and it's just nagging ever since. And it, it started to happen when I went to work out with a college cross-country team. And I did some of the things that they were doing, which was a mistake. <laughs> and, but anyway, I, it's never really fully healed. And it, I just keep aggravating it. And then it'll get better and it gets aggravated. But I can always run through it. And so I thought, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to attack this thing head on. I'm going to do strength work, particularly targeting that area. I'm going to do these sprint workouts that are going to really stress that area really hard. Um, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to force myself and this, this particular area of my body to get stronger. Mm-hmm. Well, the exact opposite happened. Mm-hmm. Now I've, I've got tendonitis in an area that's pretty hard to heal. And I'm running a mile a day for two weeks right now. Just, just to say I'm running and doing it very, very slowly because I'm going to try to get over it. I didn't want to go there, but I have to because I did something I knew I shouldn't have done, right? And that's what happens very often is we do things we shouldn't, we shouldn't do. And I did that because I was just convinced I could bounce back because I was being so positive about my ability to do that. Sure. And wasn't looking reality in the eye. Mm. So we got to look reality in the eye. And then here's the question is when we get with our, our friends, our relatives, the people that we want them to know the truth, we don't want to sound preachy or condescending or anything like that. So how do you do that? How do you how do you make that communication without Coming across that, well, it, it starts with a relationship. Yeah, that the ability to do that started months before you make that statement, and uh, it's 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 kind of like the getting to church early. It's it's put the phone down and go talk to people, and especially those you love, and because there's going to be a time where God may call us to say something that could be offensive, and how they react to that comes down to. What kind of relationship have you you had with that person? It's kind of like our relationship with Christ. You know, if we're really walking 
with Christ every day and being in His Word and talking to Him, sometimes He asks us to do things that we don't want to do. But if we're really close, we trust. Yeah. But so many times we bow up and we're like, God, that's ridiculous. I, I should. That has everything to do with our our walk with Him in the weeks, days, and months prior to that. Yeah. And it, it just comes down to relationship. Well, and in, in the end, you know, I, here's a terrible. Well, it's, I think it's a good analogy, actually, but it's it's disgusting. Um, <laughs> what, we were at a track meet this past spring, and I had a little thing hanging out of my nose, right? <laughs> and I'd been walking around that track meet for a while, and one of the girls uh, on the track team said, "Coach, you, you got a hanging out of your nose there," and and I was like, I was I was embarrassed because I'm like. Well, How long have I been walking? I'm around? like, thank you for telling me, everybody. And I looked at everybody else. I was like, why did nobody else tell me? Why is everybody else letting me walk around like that and not telling me? Right. Well, that's the way our friends will be one day if mm-hmm. we're just if we don't want to say something because we don't want to hurt their feelings. I guess people didn't want to hurt my feelings and tell me that I had something there. Uh, that's. That's the same thing. That, sure. That's the reason we avoid telling our, our friends, and we, we have to be careful about that. I thank that girl who finally told me that she, what was going on, and it was, it was a good thing. Yeah. And in the end, um, truth is important, and your friend will thank you. Mm-hmm. As a Christian runner, you might find it hard to decide what to listen to while you run. If you're looking for positive and Christian music that will help you keep your pace, check out the Radioactive Station on the new J Radio. We'll take care of picking the music so that you can concentrate on your run. Plus, you can count on us to make sure that the music is uplifting and encouraging. Check out JRadio.com or download the app in your app store. All right, every week I share a reason why running or walking is so awesome. Well, where else are you going to experience the backwards walk up the stairs? Or I'm, down the stairs. Or down the stairs. Yeah, yeah. And if you're a runner of any distance, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. If you've just done the 5K, chances are you probably don't know what we're talking about yet but you will that you will yeah Yeah. if you run a marathon it's a special club yeah yeah if you run a marathon you're going to be more sore than you've ever been in your life and you're going to be amazed how sore you can possibly be but how in the same frame how good it feels yeah i'll never forget my first marathon was the disney marathon and that night we went to the hoopty do review which is a play or whatever that disney does and i will never forget how many people because you have to walk downstairs to get into the the event place you could tell who ran the marathon because literally they were either walking so gingerly down the stairs or several people did turn around backwards and just walk down because those hamstrings are just screaming so it's it's kind of a and you you look at them and you're like you give them the nod yeah yep that was i I was there with you I know what you're going through. I remember uh, running the Myrtle Beach Marathon one time, and I, I got through, and I got some something to drink or something, and then I, I decided there, were, there was nowhere to sit except on the ground. And so I sat on the ground, and then I needed to get up, 
and I couldn't get up. Yeah. I mean, I could not get, every time I tried to get up, I would severely cramp. Yeah. Every single time. And so I was so thankful for Debbie being there that day because she had, she had to help me up. Without sure. her being there, I, I, I would not have got I'd, I'd still be sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't it amazing? I, I think I've talked about this on here before. It's like the last mile of a marathon, you don't feel anything. Yeah. It's like you you start to hear the finish line. You may hear the music and the crowds, and it's like all the pain goes away. I've talked about this with my Ironman. And you cross the finish line, and it's like you're so euphoric. The adrenaline, you just don't feel anything. But the second you stop, it's like it all comes flooding back in. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those necessary – evils that i that i enjoy i enjoy and there's no way to ease that pain either yeah it's no there's not anything you can do in that 30 minutes to an hour after that's going to make it better nope (laughs) nothing yep well uh i've talked before about addie wiley she's back at it again she's a college sophomore from huntington college which is an nai school one of these small schools she ran 159 for the 800 um the only wow. person, only college athlete who has run faster than her now is a thing Mo, who is the world and Olympic champion. Um, and she still got a lot of time. I mean, she just started her sophomore year, so she's got a lot of time left. And then she won. They had a mile in, on Beale Street, the Beale Street Mile, had a bunch of professionals there, and she won it. She ran 437 mm-hmm. uh, there. Uh, she's the real deal. And uh, I just I hope she's clean. You know, she's got some associations with some people who aren't mm-hmm. um, who have a checkered past. And um, I'll say this. If she's clean, I'm kind of proud of her for for maintaining those because they're, they're personal relationships. And if she's never done anything wrong and she's standing by her friends you know what? That's not the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who would say you need to you need to jettison them and push kick them to the curb because they're hurting what people think about you. And you know that's not that's not necessarily the right thing to do. And speaking of, I, <coughs> I think Mo. Sorry about that. Um, you, if you don't know, she's the best women's 800 meter runner in America, uh, best in the world, uh, and she may skip the world championships. And hmm. she might not. She hasn't made the decision yet, but What's she may the reason? skip it. Nobody knows. Nobody really understands. Um, hmm. Other than she's on a recent podcast and, you know, she's doing some modeling now and she really enjoys it. And when they would ask her about modeling, her face would just light up. I really think a thing Mo may just not run anymore, that she may take up modeling and decide that she's not going to run. And uh, whether that happens or not, I, I don't know. But it's an interesting thought. Um, it breaks my heart, obviously, as a runner to see that. I mean, we see great runners all the time that don't run. Uh, and at the high school level, there's several really good runners in our high school that don't run cross country because either they're doing another sport or they just don't want to do, or they're doing something else. One of them's acting in the drama club. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... I just hate it. And in this case, with a thing, Mo, she's the best in the world. I can't imagine being the best in the world at anything and choosing something else. Yeah, it's part of me kind of takes my hat off to her, though. If if that's really not 
I, I'm thinking about a young lady here in Dalton. She, um, you know, I have kind of a rodeo past, and and so I used to rodeo with this girl's mom. Well, the young girl, I think she's 19 or 20 now. She won the national championship barrel racing. They created a a brand around her. She was getting endorsements, and they called her the Barrel Barbie or something like that. I mean, this girl's career was catapulting. Completely left it. Wow. And it's because evidently it's it's not what she really wanted to do. It's what she all she had known. Yeah. So I, you know. Yeah. Well, kind of part of my hat's off to her, you know, because that would be miserable if it's. Oh, sure. Especially at that level with that kind of commitment, if it's not what you really feel called to do or yeah. want to do. So yeah, it'll be that would be tough. I mean, yeah. as as somebody around that person, it would be tough. But, um, yeah, I'm, it's interesting. I'm hoping she's more like, you know, we've had a couple of occasions recently where, you know, Naomi Osaka, she's a tennis player. Mm-hmm. You know, she quit for a little while and then came back to it. Simone Biles. And sometimes that can be the best thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you yeah. come back really hungry. Well, you come back for the I'm thinking of young athletes. You know, Lane. Yeah. You know, he kind of, there was a period of time, it wasn't very long, but he kind of stepped away. Yep. About a year ago. And... Man, it was as a parent, it was tough. You know, yeah. we didn't know what he was going to do. He's dealing with injuries, all kind of setbacks, and stepped away, and 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 now he's he's back. But it's a completely different motivation now. And yeah, it's, it was as hard as it was. It was the best thing he could have done. Well, I just hope she's at peace with whatever she does. Here's another story about the Olympic Trials Marathon. You know, the Olympic Trials Marathon is in Orlando. Um, it's in, I think, January. Uh, but they're starting it at 12.10 in the afternoon in Florida. I, the time I ran the Disney Marathon, yeah. it was 80 degrees at the finish line in February. Yes. That's, I mean, there's a 70% chance it's going to be perfect conditions. Yeah. But there's a huge percentage of chance that it could be horrible conditions, yep. especially at that time. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we, when we ran, when we brought the Run for God group to run the Disney Marathon, yeah. it was warm by it the middle warm, of the yeah. day that day. Yeah. Now, at uh, early in the morning, it wasn't bad at all. Mm-hmm. But by the time it got to be middle of but the day. But it can still be extremely humid and yeah. not not the perfect conditions, Yeah, even in, even in the dark. Yeah. But now, do you think part of it, though, you know, the Olympic Marathon is typically hot and humid. So maybe that helps prepare the guys better. Maybe it chooses the right people better for the Olympic marathon. I don't know. There's certainly not going to be any hills on the course in Orlando. Just overpasses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and then here's a, here's a last thing. Uh, uh, you know, the world championships are coming up. The world athletic championships, track and field. And this year they're going to do something different. They're in Budapest. And the folks in Budapest have decided that coaches are going to receive medals along with the athletes. What do you think about that? It's weird. It is weird, isn't it's it? It's weird, yeah. I'm kind of mixed on it. I, I like the idea of recognizing. Whose idea was it is the question? I, I don't know. So, but it was, I guess, the people who are running the meet. It was their idea. Um, and I don't know. I think it's great to recognize coaches. I think, you know, I think coaches sometimes are in the background. You don't really know about coaches and mm-hmm. uh, maybe they deserve some kind of recognition, but a medal that yeah. just seems weird to it me. It does. Yeah. 
Uh, and then what happens? Jakob Ingebrigtsen technically is self-coached. Yeah. Does he get two medals? So he gets on the he gets to walk up and get his coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's <laughs> weird. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let me uh, let's go, let's go with a trivia question for this week. And now this is back to the World Athletic Championships. Let's let's do something along those lines. Um, we're we're about to have the World Athletic Championships. So, what was the first year that the World Athletic Championships were ever held? Hmm. Um, I think there's an interesting answer to that. And so, if you are the first one to find that answer or if you know that answer send it to dean at runforgod.com and if you're the first person with the correct answer then you will win a twenty dollars off in the run for god store Mm. cold hard cash yep all right let me leave you this motivational thought of the week it comes from charlie chaplin um he said you'll never find a rainbow if you're looking down (laughs) don't you like that i mean be positive look up even when things aren't going right, sure. you never know when the, when the rainbow might be on the horizon and you may just completely miss it if you got your head down and you're moping. And uh, that's a bad thing to do. So first podcast in the new podcast studio, let us know what you think. Um, lighting, sound, you know, sound off and, and, and let us know what you think. I, I don't think I got too distracted. I actually kind of like the windows. Yeah open i mean I'm, I'm sitting here looking at one of our local legends town legends he's got some food named after him ladane is across the street from me right now and i've seen the mayor drive by uh i've seen school kids going by so <clears throat> this is a this is a cool place yeah i understand why you like it so much it's yeah. a really cool place we're happy to be here um and uh so yeah let us know what you think and until next week May God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.